can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Join the Council for the Model Aquatic Health Code, aka CMAC. CMAC is a member-driven organization that keeps the Model Aquatic Health Code sustainable, current, and complete. Your expertise is needed. Learn more at CMAC.org. That's C-M-A-H-C.org. Hey everyone, so Dan and I want to remind you that we will be releasing our electrical series quiz, which will be something fun this, what, today, right? Today, it'll be today in the Talking Pools group. It'll be somewhere underneath the post of, of this podcast. Yeah, and so make sure that you uh, fill out your answers and we want you to make sure that you give them to us by this Friday. Midnight, Eastern Time, March 10th, 2023. And do you want right. to give more details, Dan? Well, yeah. So email your answers to talkingpools at gmail.com by midnight Friday this week. Midnight, Eastern Time, March 10th, 2023. And um, if uh, we only have one answer, that'll be the winner. If we have multiple right answers then Kelly's going to pull a winner out of a hat of all of the right answers. And we'll, we'll make an announcement next week as to who wins. And that um, we've got an electrical package where we got uh, some Klein wire stripping tools and voltmeter package with different electrical testing stuff. And uh, we'll ship that off to you so you can be prepared for all your electrical work. So I'm excited to see what everyone turns in and see who the winner is. Good luck, everyone. But you won't need luck because you now have the skill. Yes. Contest is open to U.S. residents in the lower 48 only. Get your quiz in by midnight Eastern time, Friday, March 10th, 2023. Don't be shocked if you win. Yeah. Um, I didn't have like too hard of a day. I, I went to my startups, made sure everything was going right. Um, I did put a filter in for a commercial pool. So that was fun. They had a Jandy variable speed pump and I took out a swim clear. It was pretty old too. Mm-hmm. And I put a Hayward in. <laughs> so yeah. I had to kind of, I used to never use 22s or 45s. Yeah. And since I started doing commercial equipment installs, they are my best friend. Oh, sure. Sure. What what I, size, what diameter piping are you working with on that? Two inch on two this inch. particular okay. job. All right. Well, that's, it's, it's a lot better than working with four inch, six inch, eight inch. That's four uh, inch. I'm starting to get some practice with, um, yeah. people have given me pointers like, you know, do a uh, bevel the end of the four inch or six mm-hmm. inch. Give you a little um, bit more play putting it in, yeah. Load it up with with glue, 
can yep. just push and hold down with all my right. strength. So probably it's going to be me like pushing down and then putting my body on it to kind of <laughs> like give it a little more. Yeah. And yeah. what else? And just hold on until. Yeah. And then you come home with glue all over your shirt. and. Oh, and, my stuff know. has gone so trashed over the the last yeah. six months. I need all new work clothes. I had to buy new pants for non-work time because my favorite pants got glue on them. Oh, Oh, Jeez. I was so mad. I wasn't expecting to do any gluing that day. Yeah, sure. sure. So that was kind of, you know, but it's, I'm, I'm really liking learning how to work with the different size plumbing. I'm nervous to actually have to work with the plumbing where it has the flange okay. with all the, the bolts. Yeah. Cause I have, I haven't done that yet. So it's a little intimidating looking, oh, especially no. when everyone's it's, like, it doesn't move. Yeah. It, you know what, that, that is, don't let that bother. That okay. that's it's easier to to work with flanges than it is to work with couplings and things like that. Truly, okay. so yeah, don't, so it, don't let that bother you. It's been fun. Um, done a lot of lights, done a lot of filters, done a lot of pumps. Um, I want to start learning more about the chem feeders and san- alternative mm-hmm. sanitizers and installing all of that because I sure. think that that will be a huge thing for me. Yeah. Um, I don't think I need to learn more on like pumps or any or heaters because they're yeah. almost all the same. There's really yeah. not. Just keep up as changes go along yep. or whatever, you know, yep. as the new ones come around. You know, well, we just, uh, what was it, a week ago? A week ago? Yeah, I got back from Atlantic City. We went out mm-hmm. there with, uh, I think there might have been 15 of us total from, from our company that went out and, um, boy, it's the first time we've been to Atlantic City. We've done other, you know, national conventions with the group, but first time we did Atlantic City, and we're gonna be back next year. Oh, it that's was, cool! It was amazing to see. We don't have to join you guys. I w- that would be you. You know what? Let's figure out how to make that happen. That would be yeah. awesome. We should get all of the talking pools to go because I was city next year. I'm not planning to go to the international show in Vegas just because I okay. went to it this year. Yeah. But I think it would be neat to go on, to be honest, I've never been on the East Coast ever. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Atlantic City in January is just gorgeous. You got to try it. Okay. No, that's so We'll crap. find out the dates. So Atlantic then City I can in January lock that is in. not gorgeous. It's cold. It's <laughs> rainy. It snows at times. It's it's not gorgeous. But actually, but we, we had decent weather when we were there, which was nice, too. cool people deal with. We don't get to go on the yeah. East Coast. Yeah. Well, okay, when you, you're in the closer to retirement age, you get to go on the nice tropical vacation. On the nicer trips, yeah. Unless yeah. you get the vacation through the manufacturer. Then you get the tropical yeah. vacation. That's, that's if right. If you're me, I'm not getting a tropical vacation. I got two right. two boys. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, we we went out there, and it was amazing from, from the very get-go. You know, we flew out Monday, and Monday night uh, – you know, Nespa puts on a really, really nice, like, welcome event. Um, live music, food, drinks. It's, well, it's a good time. Well, did you see Leonard Skinner? And, and then like, Tuesday, yep, Heritage Group put on I was so 38 Special Leonard Skinner, which was an amazing concert. Um, so much fun. Thousands of people. Um, really? And and then, uh, let's see, that was Tuesday. And, you know, and during the – so during the – Tuesday, everyone is at the convention. They're in their 
education courses yeah. and seminars and and all that kind of stuff and uh it it really excited me seeing how excited they were about the things they were learning and experiencing and and the things they wanted to bring back to share with the rest of our group and and all oh that my gosh, kind of stuff. I miss having that feeling when I'd go to classes and be like, oh, my God, I learned this. Yeah. Yeah. So we, you know, I've, I've said before, all winter long, we do training all day Thursday for our entire staff. And and uh, that very next week, we had a couple of them that did certain sessions uh, kind of represent what they had learned in those sessions. And this is although some of it is technicals there. I, I you know, we had a lot of people go through business kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and it was just just an overall great event. We spent an extra day. We we didn't fly back till Friday. So on Thursday, uh, we piled into the, our, our minivan rentals and we drove up to New York City for the day. Oh, that's cool. And we went to 9-11 Memorial. And, uh, I wish uh, I worked for companies that would take me on nice excursions and yeah, stuff. Well, but but with that there you know we put together a program years ago for for employees to all be able to earn their way to the to these mm-hmm. events and although yeah the company is taking them it's theirs they earned yeah. it and um you know my hope is that they bring a lot back out of it and and that they are willing to share it with others who didn't make the trip for whatever reason. And, and this year it's, it's been 110% of that. And, uh, our day in New York city was great. We're walking around the city. We walked over eight miles in the city, um, in windy, cold weather, everyone's got winter coats and hats and gloves, you know, <laughs> but, uh, we, we did nine 11 Memorial, which the museum there, those that have never done it, you ever get an opportunity, you, you need to do it. It's, it's amazing. Um, we rode the subway. We went to Central Park. We went to Rockefeller Center. We went to Times Square. We had New York pizza. We, you know, it, it was just oh, a, a, an amazing day and and uh, a great group of of people to to be there with. But it was all about the training and and I mean that's the the core of it. And they learned a lot, and it's going to make us better and make them better and. You know, so as you learn about all of this other commercial stuff that you want to do and alternative sanitizers and chemical metering systems and all that kind of stuff, it's all in the same same vein that uh, we're always learning, which is what we're about, right? Oh, we're yeah. To, today is part four, although it'll be the Our fifth. final. The, the fifth week, but part yes. three is like an A and B. But uh, so this is part four of our and, and our last of our electrical series. And, yes. Uh, and we will be having a quiz, you guys. Yeah, a, a, a quiz, but a contest, right? Yeah. Right. So you have to answer the most questions <laughs> right to enter into the grand prize. Right. So when this episode airs, follow on Talking Pools Facebook group and We'll have the the rules of the quiz in that group, and and uh, or the contest slash quiz, mm-hmm. and then the the winner. Uh, what what do the winner get to take home, Vanna? We're gonna, we're <laughs> we going get to this lovely wire cutter, but, yeah, and this we're, lovely we're, voltmeter with extra voltmeter set. Out. Yeah, all right. So we we've, we've got a couple of Klein 
things that we're we're going to send that have made um, our jobs easier. And and uh, you know, Klein makes a really cool heavy duty automatic wire stripper handheld tool. Those of you that have never seen it, once you do, you're going to love it. And a multimeter test kit that you know it's got a a Klein meter and a non-contact voltage tester and I love Klein things tools. like that. So. I yeah, Klein is good. They're good quality. They're not and too expensive. You know. Exactly. They're reasonable. It's a great, um, you know, you, there's certainly all varying levels of, of stuff you can get in terms of tools. And I think Klein is a, a really, really good, um, very reasonable product for what it is. So at any rate, that's what one lucky winner will get if they uh, so choose to be part of our contest, right? Yes. But I do want to thank you guys for listening to the series because we will have to say we feel like you really appreciated it. So if you have any suggestions for our next topic series, please let us know. Absolutely. Uh, post it in the Talking Pools Facebook group or email us at talkingpools at gmail.com. Um, and we promise love- that's not the end of this episode. <laughs> no, we're not done yet. <laughs> you're, you're not off the hook. You got to stay tuned. But uh, so, you know, this this episode, the reason that we we picked these couple of uh, things as the prize is because we wanted to talk about tips and tricks and, um, you know, having tools that help you do things is certainly part of the tips and tricks. Right. This yep. uh, automatic wire stripping tool. When I first bought one, gosh, maybe as much as 20 years ago, um, it was because I saw an electrician using it. And okay. I was like, holy cow. It makes stripping wire so easy so effortless <laughs> so what were you and using flawless. prior like a um, knife no no i was using a wire stripper but not so this tool and and i guess we'll post a picture under yeah. this episode when it when it is put out there but it's it's one movement of squeezing up a handle and it it grabs the wire cuts the casing and strips the casing off all in one simple movement. Um, it's, it's amazing how, how quick and, and easy this thing works. So uh, who, whoever is the winner of this thing is going to find it to be their favorite tool in their arsenal when they're doing electrical work. But prior to that, I had a conventional wire stripper, you know, where, where it's, it, I'm going to say it's like a pliers and you, you know, you squeeze over the wire and maybe a little bit of back and forth to get the casing fully cut. And then you hold in your wire in one hand and pull the strippers with the other to get the casing stripped off. And, but this is actually a tool that you can, you truly can do one handed strip yeah. the wire all in one full swift movement. So, and then the, uh, the multimeter kit, you know, the, um, non-contact voltage testers are kind of cool. Uh, you know, it's not going to tell you whether you got 115 volts or 208 volts or anything like that, but it's a quick, easy way to know whether a, a wire you're looking at in a box is energized without it will help to take. you in those moments when homeowners mislabel or don't label their breakers. Right. Or they tell you it's off and it's not. Yep. <laughs> Go back to what was that episode one where I talked about how I <laughs> screwed up in my infancy in the industry. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's you don't have to take a wire nut apart. You don't have to, you know, do anything. You just touch it to the the wire and it'll beep and 
light up if it's got. Honestly, I use mine just as often as I use my voltmeter. Sure. Yeah, it's a it's a great useful little tool. So uh, you know that's in the kit, and and even a, you know there's also in this kit a, a receptacle tester. So mm-hmm. not that we deal with outlets a ton. Um, at least in our market, everything is hardwired on in-ground pools in in Chicago area. Um, but there are outlets in various places in the backyard, and having a, a you know you 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 plug something into it, even if it's just a matter of of a sump pump you're dropping into a pool or or into yep. a hot tub, and you plug it in the outlet on the outside of the house, and all oh, the pump isn't working. Well, is it the pump? Is it the extension cord? Or is it just that that outlet is bad? And these, you know, these uh, receptacle testers just quick little plug it in the outlet and it'll light up and tell you if you got power. It'll also tell you if you got reversed hots and neutrals. Um, you know, those that I guess we did, we've never talked about this, but an outlet has polarity to it. Um, you know, you, you've got a place for the hot and a place for the neutral on the outlet. And if you reverse it, you will potentially end up with some problems uh, down the road. So on an outlet, every outlet that's made, if you look at the screws on the side of it, there's a gold screw and a silver screw. Yeah. The gold screws for the hot, silver screws for the neutral. And it's on, it's common, especially when homeowners are changing an outlet to reverse those uh, because they don't know and, and, when you reverse it, then you can actually be, especially if that outlet is in a series and it's continuing down, then you're reversing the polarity all the way down the line and energizing the neutral in the house, potentially things like that. So this little tool, quick little plug in, you know, if there's power there and if it's actually wired, right? So anyway, these are just a couple of the, uh, the things we find that are helpful and sort of the start of our tips and tricks, I guess. Right. Yeah. So what what do you have as a as a what's your favorite little tip and trick that you've found in recent recent times? Oh my gosh. Um I I guess it's just knowledge, like knowing what you're working with. Yeah. Um like everyone knows, I've recently started, you know, working on commercial and I had a pump that seemed like it wasn't working, but it was saying it was working, but it wasn't working. And I, that was when I learned about, you can still have voltage on a pump, even though you check each leg. Yeah. And you can also not have the same voltage as you do when you test each leg. (laughs) So what I mean is you could test, you know, leg one and ground and you get 120. You test leg two and ground and you get 120. But when you test one and two, you get 208. Yeah. And so, yeah, knowledge is probably my biggest one lately. Knowledge. Because when that happened, I was like, what's going on here? This doesn't seem right. I also had it where I turned the breaker off. I'm still getting just a smidget of reading on my meter and I mean like 0.14 kind of thing and, I, and because I didn't have the knowledge on commercial I'm like am I going to get electrocuted <laughs> like yeah right. you know so that's my I guess you say tip is just be very knowledgeable about the setup that you're dealing with what what about um 
we were talking earlier and you were talking about some of the different tools that you carry, especially when you're working on electrical as mm -hmm. that that come in handy aside from these couple of things we mentioned here you had you got the so i carry the those the little pen looking thing like you said where it mm -hmm. just tells you if there's voltage that's on me all the time i carry my multi tool my 11 in one klein tool in my pocket at all times okay and i carry my five in one i call it a low voltage screwdriver but it's probably called something else <laughs> but i carry that all the time yeah. Because those are the common things I need. Like even when I go to program something, I have to open the box. So keeping that in my pocket, I never have to go run back to the car and make a million sure. trips. Yep. Um, what else would be one? I kind of brain dead today. <laughs> I told you, you, you see. I've been like this all. Out, right? I've been like this all day long. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, do you do you ever run into having to replace wires, you know, running yes. from a control box to a pump or something? And yes, all the time. And the reason I usually have to. OK, here's a great tip. Learn this one. Well, it's not that I learned it, but. Check your wires before you connect them to your new pumps. Like if you're replacing a very old pump. Well, even if it's just a, a pump that's maybe five to eight years old, check the wires to make sure that there isn't any breakage on the, mm -hmm. the casing. Because if you do and you turn the power on to check if the pump is, you know, connected appropriately, you will see, as my son calls it, a mini nuclear explosion. <laughs> <laughs> and it will burn the wire all the way down to where that that um breakage was that met with another wire sure so that was yes you need to just take a take a good look at them because you know taking the wires out of the uh liquid type 90 as you're pulling the conduit mm -hmm. to get them out to put into the new one they can get damaged especially when they use the the metal liquid type yep. fittings yep. um just really look at all those little little things because it can save you hours of work in that situation, I ended up having to replace the whole conduit and the wires in it because I, one, I can't use those wires anymore. There's no casing right. left for about two inches. Um, once you have a, a mini nuclear explosion, you <laughs> are no longer, that's no longer a safe piece of equipment where the electrical goes. Yeah. So it can so, cost so you a lot. When you replace that the wire and the conduit or the, yeah. the seal tight or whatever it is, do you typically uh, just push the wire through it or do you? It depends. If it's like, you know, let's say a foot, maybe even mm -hmm. two. Yeah, I'll just push it through. Yeah. Um, when I do do it that way, I do um, tape the ends like together. So they're and then I do it a couple more inches down and a couple mm -hmm. more inches down just yeah. so it, it can't get loose. It doesn't, right. It doesn't bend, you know, but if let's say I'm doing even on a new install or and it, like you said, replacing the existing one, if it's going to be about three feet or more, let's say three to six feet. Um, I actually have a short fish tape okay. and I will, again, like I said, I will tape it. But at the end of it, I will make a hook 
Yeah. So then I can attach that fish tape and I will pull it that way. Cause you got to yeah. remember a lot of these times I'm out there by myself. Mm-hmm. I don't have anybody helping me. You know, it's not necessarily easy to pull wire through a conduit, especially when you do a heat pump and you're using number six or eight wire. Yeah. And of course I'm not buying the solid wire in that size. No. It gets awfully expensive. So that fish tape really comes in handy. I will have my, um, you know, my little totes. So I have like a tote with all my tools. I have a tote with all my wire. So they get heavy. Uh, One end of the condo, I will tape to the handle and then I'll pull on it. So it it straightens out some and that will help me also pull that line through. Because the more twists you have in that conduit kind of, I guess you could say it follows that 360 rule. It makes it really hard to do anything. Yep, absolutely. Especially with the the bigger the wire, the harder it, you know, it it doesn't want to bend anyway. So yeah, you're trying to to push it around the corner. Yeah, no, grab a fish tape. You know, all of our techs have fish tapes on the truck just so they've got them if they need them. Um, so that's, yeah, having a fish tape is a, a good thing to have. Do you have a preference? Let's say that you're pulling new wire to a pump, 12 gauge mm-hmm. wire. Do you have a preference solid wire versus stranded? To be honest, I prefer solid. Okay. Um, I, I, the reason I don't like, it's not that I don't like stranded, but I feel like for me, I'll get a better, uh, connection with the solid wire when I'm screwing down the wire when I'm not doing like you prefer, or I do prefer sometimes where we crimp the end where it makes a nice, yeah. you know, prong, um, it will spread more. Right. And so also solid wire is a lot easier to push through a conduit than stranded, but sometimes mm-hmm. I don't have that option, you know, especially when we're going through the pandemic and, it was hard to get anything. It was yeah. hard to find solid wire. Great. So stranded was all I could get. So I would have maybe one solid and one stranded, you know, mm-hmm. both stranded. It just depends. But every time I buy the thicker wire, I'm buying stranded and, you know, I make it work. Yeah. I, I do prefer stranded and I do. Uh, I don't like seeing stranded wire wrapped around a screw and tightened down. I do want to mm-hmm. see a, a, connector on the end of it yeah. you know typically a female spade every pump has male spades on yeah. the back of it that you can slide a female spade over and if you have the uh, the proper uh female spades you know you can get them that they're right angles or straight so that if you're in a tight area and you need that right angle one you can use it and you know, of course you got to have a crimping tool then too right you're not going to grab people your... were so ex- so surprised i owned a crimping tool yeah but like i want to say a few weeks ago i was doing something and one of my friends was like well get a crimping tool and you know do it i'm like they're like you'll probably have to go buy one and i'm like no i have one they're like what i'm like yeah. why is it so surprising i have this stuff like right. Right. You know, there have been times I needed to use this and I switched over to using those connectors at the end, probably about nine months ago, just right. because after my first time of doing it, it was the easiest way. And my yeah. first time of doing it, I did it because I couldn't get a good connection when I was putting a wire on. It just yeah. did not want to like 
stay where it needed to be. And then, yeah, I was like, well, let's test this out. You know, the manufacturer uses these connectors to put the test leads on. So maybe it'll yeah. work better. Well, you know, and the, the crimp on connectors with the, especially the spade connectors, a lot of times the back of a pump is inches away from a wall or a house or, you know, whatever, where you, you can't really see it well yeah. Um, to be able to know that, you know, you're getting the wire under the screw and all the rest of it. If you have the, a crimp connector, a connector crimped on that you're just pushing onto a spade, you, you can do that so much easier in a tight space than trying to fight. You know, you're, you're basically hanging upside down, trying to look into a space where you can't really get a good view at it. Um, it, it just, for me, is is a much easier way of doing it. And, and with that, you know, I know we talked in, in one of these other electrical episodes about how, uh, you know, about wire gauges mm-hmm. um, and, and the amperage and so forth and, and also wire nuts yep. and and how you have to have the right size wire nut for the wires that you're using. Well, the the spade connectors and, and ring connectors and things like that are all color coded and gauged as well. Right. So you want to make sure you're using the right size connector if you're using 12 gauge wire and six gauge wire or whatever the case may be um but yeah no my preference is strand and to the point of the fish tape yeah it doesn't push through a pipe the way solid wire does Mm -hmm. and that's where if you don't have a fish tape you're going to have some struggles with the stranded wire if you're pushing it through a eight foot long piece of conduit from a control box to a junction box or something like that. Oh, I this I was putting this heat pump in once, and I was having some trouble. Like it, it it was a hot day. <laughs> Nothing wanted to work right for me, and I didn't realize I had my fish tape on me. So, but I had, um, bond wire. I had, uh, I had, uh, solid 12 gauge wire and I even tried using that to help me kind of like fish tape it and it, it just wouldn't work right. So literally I, if they have the, me on camera, I'd want to watch me cause I'm getting pissed off the whole time. Like I'm on to go home. This is taking forever. This shouldn't be taking me all day. But, you know, on those really hot days, you just don't think completely clearly, clearly. So but then finally I got to a point I'm like, fuck this, went out to my car. And that's when I realized that was when I realized I had the small one. My big one was at home. That's the one I was thinking of. And I just gone this little one from somebody. They're like, oh, I don't need it. And I was like, thank you so much. <laughs> like, otherwise, I would have probably had to come back the next day. And I didn't want to do that because I was like an hour away from home. So, so. with with you um, being by yourself most of the time, have you ever seen, I'm not sure how long these have been around, but a uh, wire puller? No. So Greenlee makes a, uh, and, and there might be others that make it, but I'm, I'm familiar Is with. Is it the, like a... Um, Oh, what is it called? I had a, there was a guy who was helping with a job once and we were having all this trouble getting the, getting the line pulled for the lights. Like we couldn't even get the rope down to where we needed it. The fish tape, we couldn't get down all the way. 
And he's like, you know, screw this. I'm going to buy this machine is made by Milwaukee. And it's kind of like a, um, you know how sometimes on trucks they have those pull things, like it has a wire and they can hook it onto another vehicle and then pull. Like a winch. Yes. It was like a winch. Mm -hmm. And he, Mm -hmm. and that was a wire puller. Is it something like that? Yeah, it is. So, uh, you know, and like I said, I know Greenlee makes this one that, um, you, you hook a cordless drill to it okay. and it has um, basically that. I mean, it's got like a big pulley that the, the cordless dr- drill is turning a, a gear case that turns this larger pulley that, and then there's another pulley th- that goes down into, you know, like right into the box next to the conduit, you know, so okay. you're, you're not pulling the wire sharply against the conduit that it's um but anyway those those are really really cool and i may have to get one of those because well the the, they're not inexpensive and to be honest we don't have one yet but okay i've often thought that uh since i first saw these things that we we need to consider it because especially pulling wires um from lights yeah you know, you, you, well, that's what I was thinking. I do, I do a lot of lights there. Guys around here, I don't know if they're lazy, mm-hmm. but they just say, oh, there's not enough money in lights. And I make great money in lights. Yeah. Even on, even on the, t- the tough ones, I'm, you know, to be yeah. honest, when it comes to lights, I budget myself four hours. Mm-hmm. And the reason mm-hmm. I did that is, you know, over five years of pulling lights, Worst case light took me about four hours. Yeah. You know, if it takes me less, I'll charge a customer less, but I will charge when I give them the bid, it'll be for four hours. Yep. Makes perfect sense. And um, yeah. Those, those green light tools, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're like 900 to a thousand dollars or. Oh, well, screw like that. that. But, <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty <laughs> pricey, but. If you're a company if, with employees, then it might work out. <laughs> You know, if it's um, something that you're going to use frequently and, and you know, in cases of pool builders where where the builder themselves is pulling wire, which is how we do things. We do have a, an electrician that um, is a supervising electrician on all of our work, but the work is done by us. And he's basically kind of like a final check when it's all okay. done, making sure everything is is done right and he's also a uh an i'll I'll say an educator for us where he's at times especially you know certain times of the year on site hey reinforcing the 360 degree rule and um you know all these kind of things so that uh our guys are doing things to his standards you know to to make sure it's that he's okay with what we're doing yeah but um at any rate pulling the wire you know some some backyards we're pulling thousands of feet of wire and having one of these tools to free up somebody because it really can make it into a one-man thing where otherwise if you're pulling wire through long links of conduit for this and that and the other it's it's really a two-person thing to be able to get that um we also we started just in this last year uh the trucks all have i've said this before spools of wire on them yeah but those spools of wire now are on wire carrying racks see that's what i need to get is a wire carrying rack 
Kelly and Dan will be right back after these messages. Have you heard there is a group of pool service professionals nationwide that are here to help grow and protect your business? The Independent Pool and Spa Service Association, known as IPSA, is here to help you. By joining the largest trade organization created by and for pool and spa service techs, you gain access to industry networking opportunities, exclusive educational offerings, IPSA's Tech for Tech route coverage, and more. So be independent, supported, and part of a professional community. Go to IPSSA.com to learn how to be a member of IPSA today. We also, we started just in this last year, uh, the trucks all have, I've said this before, spools of wire on them, Yeah. but those spools of wire now are on wire carrying racks. See, that's what I need to get is a wire carrying rack. Yeah. Um, We've I done things we, in the past and here's an inexpensive thing you can do. Not that the, the so wire racks are like a, a spool, <clears throat> a spool. Is that what it is? A wood thing? The wood we, a, stick? A, a, a milk crate. <laughs> and honest to God, that's Can you true. see how brain dead I am tonight? <laughs> yeah. We we've done a milk crate with a with a like a piece of conduit through it, like a half yeah. inch piece of conduit, and put your spools in there and then you know you you pin the outside of the conduit so it doesn't slide around in a milk crate and it that works well too. And the milk crate has the sort of handhold things in it that is pretty easy to carry the but these these wire um racks uh the ones that we get are i want to say they're only about 30 bucks maybe they're not very expensive they will get heavy if you put enough spools of wire on it you know three spools of wire not a big deal if you if you try and load it up with you know five or six spools you're gonna you're gonna be doing some work our construction crews actually have a, a rack of wire spools that's it's a two wheel dolly Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a cart made for that purpose because they do have, you know, six, eight spools of wire. And, and especially, you know, if if you've got six gauge wire is not light by any means. So no. if, you, if you have a big spool of six or even eight gauge wire, um, it's it's a lot of weight. So having a having it on a dolly and they just roll it off the truck into the backyard and it. it stands there it doesn't move it's not you know you try and pull wire off of just a single spool of wire and that spool is flipping around and your wires getting all tangled up and everything else unless you got someone else holding it so another good like organizer that. is that i love is get yourself you can get them at like home depot but the the kind of briefcase looking things that have the little compartments in them um, and I like it when I get the lid that's clear. So then I can look at everything and see what I n- need. So each little compartment, I put, you know, all the yellow wire nuts, all the red ones, all the blue ones, all the orange ones. And then on top of that, I'll put all my, you know, half inch straight liquid type fittings, my three quarters, my nineties. And I put it all in these compartments because one, it lets me know, oh, I need to buy more. That yeah. compartment's a little low or, or whatever. Yeah, sure. Um, two, when I do bigger jobs, I want to make sure I have everything when I go to it. I don't want to have to go to the store. Um, yeah. So you can kind of keep, while you're working, you just have it all there. Because what if you, you go to the store and you're like, oh, I only need yellow wire nuts because I'm only dealing with, you know, 12, two, 12 gauge wires or whatever. Mm-hmm. What if you end up that you actually need all those other sizes? And I 
what I ended up doing was buying this big, huge container of wire nuts. And it was a variety of sizes. And I just separated them and put them in the compartment. But it saved me money buying that large container. Sure. Yeah. You know, we've we've done a lot of buying in in mass that way, even like the the spade and ring connectors for for the yep. ends of the wire. You know, we we always buy a box and it's got eight or ten different sizes and different styles. Yeah. You know, so it's it's a whole assortment. And then like you said, easy for someone to go, oh, and and if they're keeping all their electrical stuff together, they go in the backyard, they pull it out, they're oh, I'm getting low on these, I better pick some more up. And um what's the other thing we've got that way? Wire wire nuts we've got similarly. Oh, fuses. Um yep. regular, you know, glass type fuses and yep. and even the little like micro car fuses that a lot of uh, I get those on Amazon. Generators have and things. Yeah, exactly. You can because buy. you can't go to the hardware store and get you know some of the ones you want, or you have to buy this kit with all these ones you're never going to use. Right. And you just so you can get two of the ones you want. Yep. I ended up yep. getting like 50 of the four. Uh, what was it? The four uh, minis for the Hayward control bar. Yep. What, what do you have that uses those? Um, the Hayward controller, they do it. They use a number four okay. on the uh, valve actuators. And I had a pool re- recently. The board ended up being okay. bad, but when I was troubleshooting, <laughs> I'm just going through these fuses yeah. like they're nothing. Yeah, sure, sure. And so I that I went to the hardware store and I'm like, and the, and the AutoZone, and no one had what I needed, or I'm having to pay 15 bucks for this kit that I only need the two, and I need more than two because I know I'm going to be blowing yep. through them. Yep. So, yeah, you know, buy in bulk however you can because right. it, it saves you money in the long run. Just like when you're buying wired. Like when I first started, okay, I didn't use wire very much. You know, I w- wasn't supposed to do things like that. And so if I had a little bit that I needed, I just go to Home Depot, buy what I needed, and that was that. But as I started doing more installs and repairs and stuff, I had to start buying, like, it was cheaper to buy the roll, you know. Yeah. Right. Buy in bulk. It's kind of like going to Costco. You're supposed yeah. to get a better deal because you bought, yeah. you know, 50 million muffins. Right. So, so you buy the 55 gallon drum of wire nuts at Costco, and I am not that big of a, a service <laughs> company, so no, I buy the, you know, container that's about, you know, eight inches tall, like, like a quart size container kind of a thing. Yeah, maybe a little yeah. bigger. Yeah. <laughs> maybe if yeah. I get an employee. Someday, if I get that adventurous, which I doubt, maybe then I'll get the Costco 50-gallon thing of wire nuts. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Trying to think of what other, uh, on the electrical side of stuff. Um, when you, if you're replacing the seal-tight, liquid-tight stuff, yeah. do you prefer using the the metal or the non-metal? The, the metallic like or non-metallic? The, I prefer the non-metallic. Non-metallic, yeah, that. We, uh, I don't even know the last time we've bought the metallic anymore. Um, it's a little bit less money to have the non-metallic. Yeah. And as long as you got a ground wire run through it, you're fine. Now that's the thing right. a lot of people don't know. And, uh, you know, the, the metallic 
theoretically provides the ground by the metal to metal contact throughout yeah. as long as you're using connectors on the end that are metallic connectors not non-metallic connectors and if you're using the metallic then the need for the ground uh, isn't there if you're replacing something and for some reason you know you got two wires run through a metallic and that old seal tight is all beat up it's wrapped in electrical tape the you know all sometimes the stuff you that can't get the old one off the old pump yeah that too but if you replace it with non-metallic and you reuse the wires which i'm not sure the only reason you would do that is because you don't have wire on your truck so personally i if i'm replacing the conduit i'm replacing the wires yeah for sure like i said the, the only reason you would i would ever think someone would do that is because they don't have wire on them but or they're uh, being cheap if if you yeah well that too i guess but if you do do it and you don't put a ground wire through the non-metallic then you've just created a potential hazard so um non-metallic is it's easier to cut it's easier to terminate it's yeah. just easier in general um, well and and i get people want like i'm sorry for calling people cheap that do that but one thing that bugs me when i go to job sites that have replaced the pump and they just pull that conduit as tight as they can just so they can mm-hmm. get it to fit instead yeah. of just replacing it. Like, first off, people, you you should replace it because that becomes a tripping hazard. So that's against code. Um, but I had one where they pulled it so tight, it still was too short. So they wire nutted wires to extend it uh, onto the pump. Which you can't do that. That's the same concept of don't using don't use the test leads if they come on the pump. Like it needs to so be direct wire. The the wire came out of the seal tight and was exposed then going into the pump or no? What did they do? <laughs> so they they pulled it tight. They pulled the wires as much as they could, but because okay, so they they had a Pentair pump there previously and. With the older style Pentair Inteliflows, the variable speed ones, you have the box on the side, so you don't need as long of wires as you do when you use a Hayward pump. You need about, when I've done those replacements, you need about two, two and a half more inches of wire to meet the connectors. (laughs) Sorry, never mind. Uh, You need about two, two and a half inches more wire to meet the connectors on the back of the Hayward pump. So instead of just replacing that conduit and the wires, they pulled it tight. It The conduit itself and the 90 that they reused made it to the port on the side okay. of the pump. But there was the wire only, was short. yeah, it was probably maybe a half inch was left. And so then yeah. they extended the wire with a wire nut so that it would meet uh lead i got but you can't do that according to hayward which i would think you couldn't um because it's kind of the same concept of the test leads they would rather you have a direct wire you know attached than extending it that little bit something this is just what they told me i was like okay whatever yeah you you said don't do it don't do it (laughs) yeah well yeah and personally i would just pull new wire through and make sure I got plenty of wire and yeah and all that but and, and you know, a new conduit if if you tacky. sometimes if you open up the 
source box, you know, the control box, timer box, whatever the box is, maybe you would find extra wire in there that would, you know, give you the ability of pulling it through the seal tight to give you what you need down there and and not do it, you know, but uh, yeah. And honestly, my price may be a little bit more than some people that are selling the same product that I am, but I'm not cutting corners. So, you know, they need a, if they need the correct breaker, they're getting the correct breaker. If they need me to Mm -hmm. run the condo and wires over again, I'm, I'm doing that, you know, that, I compute that in that price. Sure. You know, yeah, if I don't use it, I don't. If I do, I do. We've found uh, in in many cases, we buy some pre-made whips, um, mm-hmm. seal tight with the wire in it, yeah. connectors on both ends, and they're almost always less money than buying the individual components and building yeah. it up yourself. And of course it's already done. So you, you know, it's faster and all that. Sometimes it's not always easy to find those in 12 gauge. Yeah. I agree. Um, Usually they're in like 10. 10. Yeah. 10 gauge. But you know, even if it is 10 gauge, you can use 10 gauge for the purpose of 12 gauge. It's not a problem. You don't want to go the other way. Right. If you needed 12 gauge, you don't want to use 14 or 16 or something like that. Or if you need 10, you don't want to use 12. But um, we, we, the guys usually have a, at least one pre-made whip on the truck. Then they've got a, a coil of, you know, 25 or 50 feet of the seal tight and connectors and all that different stuff. Okay. I'm the type of person. I love home Depot. I'm not a big Lowe's person. I can never find what I need, <laughs> but this one time I went to Lowe's cause that was the closest to where I was. And I didn't need any conduit or flex conduit at all, but they had a hundred foot for half half off. Oh, yeah. I took. And I'm like, oh, I'm buying it because it was like forty four dollars, and I was like, yes. Yeah. So I, when you go to Home Depot or you go to Lowe's, whatever you prefer, like look around at the things you use for work, especially the electrical stuff, and see if there's there the stuff's on sale. Like yeah. if it's something you use, buy it. Well, and especially the the those big box. You know, Home Depot and Lowe's. And oh, by the way, I've been talking to Lowe's the last week. They were going to actually sponsor <laughs> Talking Pools. So, uh, you know, I hope they didn't tune into this because, you know, Kelly doesn't hey, I like found Lowe's. A be- I found a beautiful winter flower plant for my porch. It reminds me of the California poppy, but it's purple. Okay. And it it's surviving the cold. And where did you find this? Lowe's. There you go. So Lowe's is back on. Okay. But anyway, um, <laughs> you you will find that those stores at times will change the the entire brand of product that they carry. And when they do, they'll take the old stuff that was there and put it on yep. a clearance shelf somewhere. And they're not well, wrong and- with it. It's just they're clearing out all of a certain brand to yeah. bring the new line in. And, and so when it, I got you can this get some one, great deals. Keep in mind, people. The way stores set up, you know, shelves is they want you to see at your eye the most expensive. Yeah. <laughs> like, because they're going to be like, you're just going to grab that real quick and move on. This sale item was down at the very bottom on the floor. <laughs> so, and, and a lot of times, home, up and down. home Depot will pull it out of the electrical aisle. Yeah. You know, it'll be like in the cross aisles at the end yep. where they'll have racks of, all kinds of odds and ends clearance stuff or, yeah. or maybe sometimes even up by the registers too. I've seen where they do that. But, uh, 
there've been a lot of times where I'll pick up stuff as I'm, I, I don't go too often into those, but, uh, when, when I see something like that, absolutely grab it because especially today with everything costing more and more and more, it's, it's, if you can get a deal on something and, and put it in your truck for when you need it later, makes sense. Yeah. And when you guys go to jobs, like when you get in those, into the bigger ones, you need to put those costs into the price. Like, yeah. don't be afraid. Like, honestly, when I do my bids for big equipment sets, I have miscellaneous. It says on there miscellaneous electrical. Mm-hmm. And that's to give me, you know, I, I know in my head from just experience how much it's going to cost me roughly. Yeah. Obviously, there's sometimes things that happen that make it a little more, but don't be afraid to put that cost on to the customer. You know, we, we annually look at um, sales of equipment by, you know, down to the SKUs. So a particular pump that we sell and everything we sell is at an installed price. So we've got whatever it takes to put it in. We're saying we're going to come out there. You pay us this much. We're going to get it done. Um, And every year, towards the end of the year and and we're just kind of reviewing it all now as we head into 23 um we we run reports on all that stuff and we we look at you know the averages so on average what are we using in the backyard well you're using pvc fittings you're using electrical stuff you're using you know all these different things uh bond wire mm-hmm. and split bolt connectors which one of the recent episodes, I know we put a bunch of pictures underneath yep. to show some of these things. Um, and, and we we kind of build on the law of averages. And if, if you go with the averages, yeah, some of them, you're not going to need any wire, any yep. seal tight, any connectors. You're going to get in and out quick. And it's got unions on the pump and it's even the same pump. So really, you're you're in and out in less than an hour. And, yep. and you know, it's, it's real easy. And then you're going to run into another one the next day that you're going to end up spending three hours at instead of two and you're going to have to put all new, you know, seal tight and connectors and wire in and, and more pipe fittings than you would wish you had to do and and so forth. But, and when it all, it all does average out and uh, you know, we use the average as our basis going forward and what we're charging for 2023, it's the average from 2022. So I, um, I do like a, I don't want to say a check sheet, but I will write down my own notes and I will be like, okay, I use X amount of this, X amount of that. Even my two inch plumbing. Okay. I'm used this much um, because I need to, like you said, you need to know what those numbers are. So you have an idea of what you're charging. Um, I'm not trying to be, you know, super like picky or anal or, you know, whatever you want to call it. But I want to make sure that I'm pricing appropriately. So I am the king of anal. Wait okay. A That's for a different <laughs> podcast. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> Where's Heather? The, the uh, great. We're going um, to have rumors now. Yeah. Right. I uh, I truly um, like the details, and and not that we're like I said, we're we're working on averages when we're. looking at pricing models and such, but I want all of the details so that when I'm looking at the averages, I know we're accounting for everything. So if, if 
Well, they're especially using, with the cost of fittings and stuff lately, like, you know, right. it adds up. Right. And, you know, so the, the details to me are extremely important to know that we're, we're getting everything. And I know even with that, there are little things like these spade connectors that I'm talking about. I know we're not listing those. I don't have those as inventory yeah. items in our system. They're just miscellaneous odds yeah. and ends. And, you know, you're talking about truly pennies, even with inflated costs, but yeah. um, per job. But, but we but will. But when you're getting list... those liquid type fittings, what I was, I paid yeah. what, almost $3 a piece the other day? Yeah. Well, and, and a, a 90 is more money than a straight. Yeah. Right. So I want to know. Three quarters is more than a half inch. So we every item for us is a is a different skew. You've got a, a half inch straight seal tight, half inch 90. We've got a metallic and non-metallic yeah. and everything is barcoded. And it's, you know, so when the guys are on a job, it's all apps on the phone and they're using the camera to scan the barcodes to enter those products in as they're using them off their trucks and stuff like that. But um, but we didn't, you know, when we started doing flat repricing and stuff like that back in the early 90s is when I started analyzing what we were doing and getting into flat rate. I had piles and piles of legal notebook pads that I, I literally just was writing down everything that we were doing so that I could start off on that flat rate stuff. But at any rate, so everyone kind of runs their, their business a little different. But for me, the details are important because even as detailed as you are, you you aren't getting everything right you know there there's some things that you're just not accounting for well it's so, like i may use you know let's say i use three feet of conduit but then for some reason i cut it a little too short when you know you're first starting mm-hmm. out oh yeah well i'm not counting that in my you know inventory of what i used on the job so you know but yeah I used to not think of how important those little things were, those little electrical things, not, you know, connectors or wire nuts, but like fittings and conduit or bond wired. But over the last year, like when you have people who are like, well, why are you so expensive? I needed to understand why I was so expensive, not just, okay, my dad charges this much or this person charges this much. So I should do it. Like, right. Maybe I need to charge more. Yep. So, yeah, that, so I would recommend even as a small, you know, small installer or just a service company that does repairs on your service counts, you got to keep track of all of that. You know, it's just as important as a tab yep. or a pound of CalHypo or, right. you know. Yep. There was there was a phrase. What was the phrase that if you watch your pennies, the dollars add up or something like that? Something like that. Is that the phrase? And it's it's true. If you pay attention to for the small stuff, then things kind of start to line rich up. Rich people are rich for a reason. They're cheap. Yeah, yeah. Most but of them that's are. Because, and it's not necessarily they're cheap. They're just really they're very uh, financial conscious, aware. Conscious of where everything is going and why. And if the closer that we can get to that kind of way of thinking, the better off we are as a result. Otherwise, right. next thing you know, you got... You know, you, you spent three thousand dollars this year on something that was all five dollars here, ten dollars there, thirty dollars there, and uh, at the end of the year, you're you're shorting yourself because you're not accounting for it. Right. And electrical stuff is very much that way because it's not something that you know we we all think about the big stuff, right? The pump, the filter, the heater, the heat pump, the light, the you know 
stuff like that. We, we likely will even think about plumbing mm-hmm. in terms of, of pipe fittings and certainly valves that are expensive and things of that nature. But when you get an electrical, a lot of people um, don't really think about it. You know, no. they, they just kind of, well, yeah, you know, I had to pick up some electrical, but it's just, you know, okay, what you got to do. Example. You go into a yard and you see that they messed up on the wiring and the timer box to where you can't leave. Like I, I think I told you guys I had happened to me. How, how are you going to know what to charge if you don't mm-hmm. have an idea of how much wire something will take? Yep. And, and, and what the cost of that wire is. Yeah. You know, what is it? Do you do you know what you're paying for 12 gauge solid or stranded wire right now? It's not what you were paying three years ago. I'll tell you no. that for sure. Um, oh, during COVID, that was it got ridiculous. I was like, oh, yeah. my. I remember calling my dad and being like, oh, my God, I can't believe what I just paid. Right. Right. So. Well, I, I guess that's a number of tips and tricks, huh? I know. I bet everyone has some really cool ones that they do. I would love to hear. This is the kind of stuff that makes everyone better. And I would love to hear what other people, um, you know, do or tools they have or Mm -hmm. things they carry that make, especially since we're talking about electrical, especially the electrical aspect of of anything they're doing easier for those who are able to do electrical. And we also, again, reiterate that electrical isn't for everybody certain areas of country you can't do electrical certain areas you can only do certain electrical you got to know what your your limitations are by the way you're licensed and but more so um you know don't get into something if you're not comfortable with it right because that's when you'll make mistakes you'll potentially hurt yourself or others and and we don't want to see any of that going on but uh at any rate, this this is the, the final part for electrical, and we're going to come up with some other great things along this kind of scenario so that yeah. our podcasts are maybe more helpful to some of you out there as you're driving around, working till, you know, from sun up to sundown and, and taking care of all those pools and pool customers and all that kind of stuff. Hopefully you got us in your ear once in a while and every so often we say something that is like oh you know what that that does sound like a good idea maybe i'll look into that and yeah. uh we like to hear that back from from all of you too so leave us comments send us emails talkingpools at gmail.com uh visit the facebook group at you know the talking pools facebook group um i guess we'll wrap it up there it. for tips and tricks huh yeah. thanks to ipsa and cmac for being part of our lives and and sponsoring our show. We appreciate all that you do for the industry and, and we're certainly big advocates of those groups. And and I am a member of both groups now. Yep. And I find a benefit of both groups. It's actually really fascinating to read the stuff on CMAC's website. Yeah. Yep. All good stuff. All about learning and staying up to date. So. Well, thank you guys. Uh, we will talk to you again next week. And like Dan said, like us, follow us, share us, download each episode so we know you're listening. Um, we will talk to you next week. Stay safe, everyone. Bye.
sorry, Rudy. We forgot to mention. Well, hold some... on. Okay, now go. Okay, so we forgot to mention when it comes to lights and pools. How? How? What have you been told, Dan? That can kind of give you an idea that there's a possibility a light is not properly bonded. The the so I think actually someone may have written in with a, a question regarding this, but if you ever see a light that has plating on it, so the 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 metal face of the light has uh, either calcium buildup or often it it actually ends up being black in color. Yep. combination of, of things going on that is really an indication that the bond has been compromised somewhere um, and it, those that may remember the episode we did on bonding and grounding um, a bond creates a unified path or a unified path uh, potential to ground equipotential right is is what it's an equipotential bond so it creates the the same potential throughout the entire pool environment the lights the handrails the metal in the pool the metal in the equipment so that the the potential of all of that to ground is is equal and when we see the lights get plated, the what's you got a couple things going on. Almost always, there's some sort of a an imbalance in the water that plays into it. Almost always, although in some cases I have seen where the water is pretty close on balance and we still have plating going on. But if the light isn't properly bonded, um, the light can then act as a ground, and the same way that you know jewelry can be gold plated um that can happen in the pool so the current stray current in the pool is causing the metals in the pool the minerals in the pool to be drawn to ground right positive to negative and the um those minerals end up plating onto the light discoloring it it'll also happen on ladders stainless ladders that are in the pool um really almost anything metal in the pool has a potential of doing it. But the two places that we see it most, number one, the light and second on the ladder. So when you see that stuff occurring um, and it's definitely plating, like pull the light out and, you know, take and tap it. And, and you can actually often see flakes of that plating sort of fracture off of it. So at any rate, it's a bond issue and, uh, you know, certainly how to address it becomes a more complicated answer than knowing that that's what's going on. But um, that's what's going on. And it, it's also something we see more common in salt pools because yep. the salinity of the water um, is adding more minerals to the water and also increasing that conductivity of things within the water a little bit and we we do see salt pools have the potential of that occurring even faster than non-salt pools when that bond has been compromised in some way so anyway does that answer it hopefully yes all right so Hopefully we'll we'll tack this back on to that final episode. This will be the final final episode. We promise. <laughs> Nothing more on electrical, at least for a while. Thanks yeah. everyone. We'll see you again.
just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 